0: In this episode, I'm going to talk about something that will help you make progress. It's something I've thought a lot about when creating my programs and exercises. It's about paying attention to not just what you do, but how you do it. I'll share how I structured my courses to help students with the how part in hopes that um, it'll help you get unstuck or get to the next level or find more ease or simply enjoy the process more. Okay, here we go. Episode 9, How and What. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. If you work hard enough for long enough, you'll succeed, right? Well, yes. And somehow with horses, it feels more complicated than that. Because when we humans work hard, we can get very direct line in our thinking. And horses rarely move in straight lines. I know in my pastures, I see very few worn paths. But when I do, they're always a little curvy and meandering. So when succeeding with horses, we need to be focused for sure you know, eye on the prize. (laughs) Or as I tell my students, know your adjectives, you know, know what you're looking for. But we can't just make it happen. We've got to finesse it. So there's this analogy to flying an airplane. And they say that an airplane is off course, like 99% of the time, it's in the air, the winds take it off course, And it needs to be gently guided back on course in a way that passengers don't even notice. And if the pilot keeps doing that, she'll be successful in achieving what she set out to do. So the really important skill for arriving at your destination is really about your ability to get back on course when you inevitably get off of it. Can you notice early Can you guide things back on track with ease and do it? And do you know when you need to take more dramatic action, like if you're in a nosedive? So mastering those skills is so important with horses. I mean, the alternative is being frustrated, making sudden overcorrections, or trying to force things to stay perfect. Now, you don't want your pilot doing that, and your horse doesn't want you doing that either. So I think that's really what makes a great horseman, the ability to course correct with ease. So think of driving. I think we've all ridden with a driver who's frustrated and overcorrects and gets aggressive and rides the brake and the gas at the same time. You know, once I had an airport airport, limo driver. They had full on road rage and I was actually really scared. I had to ask him three times to calm down and to stop giving other drivers the finger. (laughs) I mean, really, he kept blaming the other drivers. And then I had to point out like, you know, he's supposed to be the professional one and he finally stopped. But I guess the the point is anyone who works hard enough at getting the technical skills can arrive at the destination. That limo driver did get me to where I wanted to go. But the way we get there really matters, and especially with horses, because we are bringing them along for the same ride. So I'm always trying to look for ways to explain and teach this, even as I still try to master this for myself. So I thought I'd share what I did with Three of my main step-by-step courses, um, and I what I did to help them with the skill of course correction, and they all involve you know the way I did it with each course is a little bit different, but they all involve some sort of version of starting with the end in mind. So I hope that this is going to help you get unstuck if you're stuck or just enjoy the process of learning a little more, that you can learn something out of me sharing this. Now I'm going to be mentioning some of my programs, so if you have questions about any of these um, you can always go to my website dressagenaturally.net and click on the programs tab in the top navigation. Okay so let me start with my horsemanship course because everything starts with horsemanship. Uh, The goal is to be an excellent horseman, right? That's what we want. You know, someday after a lot of hard work, right? You got to work really hard and do all these different exercises and master them. Um, (laughs) You know, we definitely need skills, but the essence, the decision-making, the mindset, the how you be with a horse, actually, to me, is the most important thing. You know, I think we've probably all seen a situation where someone was having trouble with a horse and then someone else takes the horse and seemingly without really doing anything, the horse already changes, right? They're just standing there with the horse and you can see the horse making a change. So what is that? <laughs> you know, I can remember getting on students' horses they were having trouble, and I'd get on, and I'd walk around, and then, you know, do something. And students are always like, how did you do that? It just worked. Well, because some of the important things that we're doing is not really about doing. It's just a different being. It's the mindset. It's these subtle decisions that you make differently when you're being a certain way, or when you're, it's not what you're doing, it's how you're doing it. So for the horsemanship course, I came up with nine habits that excellent horsemen have. That's why I called it the Habits for Excellent Horsemanship course. So I want to, I'll, I'll just list them really quickly. I don't want to go deep into each one of them now. But they're things like partnership, clarity, having a reflex to relax, the ability to nurture curiosity to have a sense of time and timing and to be able to use time and timing creatively, to commit to seeking communication, but still be able to control, but to prioritize communication, to feel, to have feel, to feel your horse, to think about how you feel to your horse, to use consistency and variety and to understand how to use them and the effect that each of those has on your horse and then the ninth one is to have a sense of humor to take things lightly to have a lightness of spirit so those are the habits and the way um, i presented the course i thought okay you can do a bunch of tasks and I can give people exercises. And if they do these exercises someday after a lot of hard work, maybe they'll gain these qualities, but here's the thing, maybe they won't, (laughs) right? So a lot of courses are built around tasks and exercises and things to do. And of course we need to have some of those things, but I kept thinking about that moment where someone just takes the horse and the horse already changes? What is that? Now, I also realized that there were some students, some people who had horses who would get great results with them and they seemingly didn't have a lot of education, right? They didn't know a lot of exercises or techniques, but horses just tended to like them for whatever that is. So I tried to figure out what do those people have? What are we trying to gain, and maybe let's start with that so in my horsemanship course, it kind of drives some people crazy because the very first module is all audios, and it's it's a different audio on each one of those nine uh habits and so sometimes we get, well, what are this just audios? I want to see how to videos. But I knew that if I infused people with those, the understanding of those, those those nine habits are going to change how you do things. If you have a different view of partnership, if you have a sense of curiosity, when you approach an exercise, it's going to totally change how you do the exercise. So... <laughs> So I started with the audios and then the next thing I do in module two is I give a vision and I show a lot of videos of me and my horses doing kind of cool stuff, doing very simple things, but done with a high degree of horsemanship and quality. So my leading your horse video, right? That's pretty basic, leading your horse. But I show me leading my horse at Liberty among a herd of other horses on grass right? So very simple, but done with excellence. So the goal there was to give a lot of people ideas because I knew a lot of students, if they had the mindset and they had the vision, there's a certain group of students who are just going to run with that and not get not get bogged down or disheartened by doing a particular task. This is task one. Well, what if task one is hard for you, <laughs> right? But again, mindset, Infuse people's brains with be what it's like to be a horseman. Now see a vision. See what you can figure out on your own, and then module three. Don't worry if the mindset and the vision didn't didn't help you. Uh, module three then is just is the techniques. But I find if you f- try to figure out what you can figure out on your own, then you know exactly the piece you need. And it's not just going through tasks for the sake of doing tasks. You go, wait, hang on a second. This is working for me, but this piece, how'd she do that? And then along comes the technique. So I really encourage students to ask higher level questions when they ask. And to get to the higher level question, you've got to have done some of the work yourself. You've got to to have been thinking about how you're thinking about it. You've got to be clear on your vision. Now run with it. See what you can do. See what you can't do. Try some things. Because then that person, when they come and ask a question, it's going to be so specific. And you're going to be able to go in and one sentence from me is going to change everything. In a much different way than if you just start doing the tasks and doing the tasks and doing the tasks. So the tasks are necessary. We got to measure things somehow. But that's how, I, that's how I approach it in the horsemanship course. So that's one way to approach things is to sit back and think, how are you being? How are you thinking about things? And then go from there. What's your vision? And then get specific. What do I need to get there? How do I get from the mindset to the vision? Point A to point B now I need some specific information. Okay. (laughs) So the next course that I thought I'd talk about is the sweet spot course. So this is the uh, finding the sweet spot of healthy biomechanics. So I found myself again thinking, all right, I'm making this course. It's about the basics of biomechanics. I'm not the first person who's created content, teaching people about biomechanics. How can I fill in some missing pieces? How can I um, help students get past all the places I know they're going to get stuck, right? I've been teaching dressage for decades. I know where people get stuck. So that was what was really intriguing me. Not only how do I bridge the partnership, natural horsemanship stuff with, with dressage, but how do I do it in a way that I can prevent people from getting stuck in all the normal places they get stuck. So, you know, the biomechanics, creating healthy biomechanics is the very beginning of dressage. So a good place to start if we think about uh, beginning with the end in mind, right? Instead of just starting at training level and saying, okay, well, there's circles and, oh, got to get your horse on the bit. So let's get his head round. And instead of starting there, which a lot of people start, okay, 20-meter circle, get him on the bit. (laughs) Why not start with the end in mind? So that's where you you guys hear me, you're going to hear me state the object of dressage a lot in these podcast episodes. And I'm going to do it again here. So what is dressage? What's the vision? What are we trying to do here? The object of dressage is the development of the horse into a happy athlete through harmonious education, resulting in a horse that's calm, loose, supple, and flexible, um, but also confident, attentive, and keen, thus achieving perfect understanding with his rider. So let's start there. Let's start with the end in mind. Because as, as you might see from reading that definition, it's not really an end point the, the, in the rule book, the object of dressage is not an endpoint. It doesn't list everything in Grand Prix, it doesn't list movements. It's actually a description of how to be doing it along the way. So it's brilliant. Whoever wrote that definition, that rule for the object of dressage, realized that the object of dressage was not a destination. It wasn't a what, it was a how. It was a way to get there happily, calmly, keenly, loosely, supple flexibly with understanding. So that's what I highlight in the sweet spot course, really focusing on motivating our horses to participate. That's keenness, right? Motivation and understanding, having um, breaking things down into the most basic conversations and looking at the quality of those conversations and making sure our horses understand it and making keeping our horses happy by remembering that biomechanic, healthy biomechanics should feel good to the horse. I think it should feel good to the horse to move freely and in balance and rhythmically rather than choppy, shuffly and looting one leg more than the other. So if we do dressage, keeping in mind that these, you know, happy, keen, loose, supple, flexible should feel good to the horse, you know, that's, that's one of the ways that the horse will stay happy. And I build in playful experimentation to the exercises. So it's not, again, it's that when we think about the airplane, right? It's off course and it's on course, whoops, now it's off course the other way, and we gently guide it back, whoops, went off course the other way. That's the nature of arriving at a destination, at least with airplanes, and I think with horses, it's kind of like that. We're kind of in the air, right? We're floating around. We're on these other creatures, so built into the system is this playful experimentation, this idea that precision arrives out of the possibilities that play creates. And that's so important to the learning process, the how you're going to learn dressage, because I think so many people, and this is such a shame, so many people experience dressage as a sudden degree of rigidness. (laughs) My horse and I were just so happy together and then i took dressage lessons and everybody gets cramped up <laughs> right and because people focus on the precision they focus on the what it's a perfect 20 meter circle it's a perfect straight line it's a square halt it's a perfect posture the with certain angles that are you know and degrees of overtrack. they focus a lot on the what and we so i i created the sweet spot course to I teach, well, it's in my book, it's everywhere, it's everything I do to create healthy biomechanics is this embracing the inherent (laughs) off-coursedness. I'm making up a lot of words (laughs) in this podcast. We're going to be off course most of the time, so let's embrace it. Let's play with it. Let's not force it because somewhere in the middle of all these possibilities, we're going to go we're going to pass through a moment that is on course. And, you know, unlike an airplane, I think the horse is going to feel when we are on course, they're going to feel when we're aligned. And as they pass through, not aligned and all the different versions of not healthy biomechanics, as we pass through from one side to the other, they're going to go, well, that feels easier. And the horse, because it's a living creature can start to seek that a little bit on its own and then the horse creates their autopilot and we we become more and more like the you know the pilot in there and the, the plane's on autopilot and that's what the sweet spot is it's when the horse finds the autopilot and turns it on and does their own course corrections and that's what enables horses that have been trained this way to send them out at liberty in a round pen or even in an arena and give them a few laps, and they'll start to stretch. They'll start to find their own healthy biomechanics because they have realized that there is a place that feels better. And so that's what the whole concept is based on. So this whole way of finding correct healthy biomechanics is very counterintuitive. I know that it is. And again, sometimes the dressage students that come in, the traditional dressage students get a little bit like, what? <laughs> and I have to give them permission to experiment. I have to give them permission to, to explore. But the power that comes from exploring and finding when you're off course and really knowing when you're off course, like that gives you great confidence to know when you are, you know, instead of just, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? So it's counterintuitive, but it's really freeing. And so anyway, that's the sweet spot course. And that's how I play with the difference of the what and the how. You know what you're looking for. It's written in every dressage book. You can find those videos that draw the diagrams and tell you where your horse should be and what things are supposed to look like. But the how is not to just go straight line to it. The how is to experiment and to let the horse participate in it okay so next after the sweet spot course of healthy biomechanics let's say we now have a horse with healthy biomechanics we've got nice working gates to work with uh the next step is gymnastic training so my third course is called the upward spiral of successful gymnastics I really have to get better at shorter names of things. (laughs) Anyway, it's the USS course. (laughs) And again, I sat myself down and I said, all right, Karen, there's been a million books, a million videos, all set out to describe how to do a leg yield, how to do a shoulder in, what's a half pass. So what could I contribute that would be different? How could I look at where people were getting stuck, and how can I teach it in a little different way? And once again, guess what, guys? It came down to looking at the how a little bit more than the what, and thinking of the having the end in mind, beginning with the end in mind. So, I sat myself down and I thought. Um, I thought to myself, all right, there's the levels, there's the dressage levels that we can follow. And that's a really great resource. You know, go out and get out your test book, booklets and, and see what movements come in the basic levels and then what's the next level of movements and what's the next level. And you can actually really learn a lot by reading through the, dress, the dressage test booklet. Um, there's a lot to be learned from that. But I, I also knew that horses don't usually follow that training program. And there's lots of horses that maybe found very, quote, advanced movements easy. And, you know, I, I have a horse right now that can do the Grand Prix trot work and all the canter work, but still doesn't have a flying change. <laughs> so well all the counter work except the stuff that requires she's got really good pirouettes she's got the piaf passage extension half passes no problem at all uh but not a flying change yet not a clean one so if i had just gone by the levels i i might not have gone on i would have held everything back to the third level level okay we can't go past their level we don't have a clean flying change yet but what a shame so what i realize is i don't train by level i keep that in mind and there's a logic to it but often the horse in front of me he hasn't read the test booklet so some things are easier some things are harder and we don't want to hold ourselves back i like to say what whatever you can do do more of that keep going (laughs) Because sometimes improving uh, something to a high degree in one area can actually help um, improve the other area. So, so I sat down and I thought, all right. I realized when working with horses and with students, there was a moment where I thought, oh, we're totally going to get this, right? So with a horse, I know. Oh man, like we're we're going to do it. We're going to we have everything we need. All we need to do is build a little more coordination and strength and collectability, right? But there was a certain moment like oh my gosh, like this is going to be a dressage horse. <laughs> we we can do it. And the same thing with a the student. There's a certain moment where I feel like, oh this student has everything that they need to know. Now we just need to add, you know, coordination strength, and degrees of collectability. So I thought, well, how do I know that? Because it's not just, oh, when they're first level, or second level, or third level, it's there's something else, there was a different quality. So that's what I sat down and um, mapped out. (laughs) And as sort of evidence of this, like there's, it's independent of the movements, because maybe you've seen, it's possible to get all the movements in Grand Prix accomplished. You can do the what, you can do the movements, but in a way that you're like, you don't even want to watch, right? It's, it's, and I don't mean just people who are learning, you know, and they're just not there yet, but there's, there's experienced riders who can get a horse to do a Grand Prix, but it's, it doesn't have any qualities that you'd actually are going for. And, you know, we want, I'm going to assume that if you're wanting to achieve the object of dressage, you have to be able to do it with the qualities of um, happiness and calmness and looseness and suppleness and flexibility and keenness, you know, and understanding uh, and things like that. So let's kind of assume we're, that's what we're going for. And before I Before I give you the, um, you know, the six essential gymnastic abilities that I'm going to tell you that are these things that I go, when you get these, you know, you got it. Before I give you that, I also want to mention that, you know, it's cumulative. So when I list these six abilities, you know, implied is that we have the nine habits of excellent horsemanship and we have a sweet spot of healthy biomechanics with ease that now we're applying, now we're adding on these gymnastic abilities. So that seemed obvious to me, but I, I have to remember to say that out loud. <laughs> so you you can take it with you. You're bringing it all with you, right? It's cumulative. So we take the qualities from the horse, so we take the qualities from the horsemanship course and from the sweet spot. And then we learn how to get to the essence of some very particular gymnastic skills. And that's how I came up with the six essential gymnastic abilities. And I love that word essential. It kind of has two meanings there. It has essential meaning you need them, but essential meaning the essence. There's the essence and the criteria. So, the criteria is the what?" The criteria of a gymnastic movement is what makes it recognizable. You go, "Hey, that person's doing a shoulder in. How do we know?" Because they're meeting the criteria. there's a bend. the horse is going on three tracks. The shoulder has moved off the you know off the track. That's how you know. You can describe it on the phone to somebody. That is the what the criteria the essence is the how. The essence of a shoulder in is that there's increased engagement on the inside hind, there's bend, and the shoulders become lighter. So you can, do, you can meet the criteria without meeting any of the essence. <laughs> you can get it done. But you're not getting the essence. You're not getting to the reason why that gymnastic movement was created. So that's why I really want to focus on the essence of the movement. Okay, are you ready to hear the six essential gymnastic abilities? According to me. (laughs) So you're not going to see these anywhere else and maybe somebody else wrote a different version, but this is what I came up with. Keeping in mind, you're bringing the horsemanship and the sweet spot with you. So number one, to be able to ride the difference of a circle versus a corner. Number two, that you're able to release into an up transition. Number three, that you're able to ride forward into a down transition. Number four, that you're able to have bend without relying on your inside rein. Number five, you're able to connect the inside hind to the outside shoulder, energetically and physically. In varying circumstances, and number six, that you're able to ride into the bend, so meaning like half pass or haunches in or roversir the horse is bent to the left it's a lateral movement, your horse is bent to the left, and you're able to ride something sideways towards the left, for example, so I realized that if you're able to master those six skills, you have what you need to be able to do all of dressage with quality, potentially, you know, I mean, depends on the horse, depends on you, depends on how much focus you put in, but those, if you can master those skills, those skills are what makes a lengthening a really good lengthening, or a transition, a really good transition, or a shoulder in, a really good shoulder in. So there's a different art to turning for a a circle or turning even a corner as if it's part of a circle or turning a corner like it's a corner. To be able to release into the up transition means that you've built up some potential energy and you're releasing, you're allowing the horse to go, you're not pushing during it. If you don't know how to release into an up transition, your walk to Piaf is kind of, you know, the way you ride your simple walk trot transitions on baby horse is going to connect directly to how your Piaf Passage transitions are later. To be able to ride forward into a down transition, right? To not be going, whoa, at the end of it, that a down transition is not less than you're not holding back, but you're riding forward. You're not interrupting the flow. Again, that's going to turn into your canter pirouettes coming back from your extensions. It's going to directly connect into your ability to collect. Bend without inside rein means your horse is so aligned that you're not relying on that inside rein. Connecting inside hind, outside shoulder, that's going to come into play in lots of lateral work and every you know, in corners, it it shows up everywhere. But the ability to feel that you can connect that, it's a very particular feeling if you can get that. And if you can ride into the bend, that's a different skill (laughs) set. Riding, you know, shoulder and leg yields, I find are a different skill set than riding haunches in half pass. And so here's the good news, that these skills can be mastered in very, very basic forms. You can master all of these movements at the walk and in a way that's just beautiful and artful and getting to the essence of them and building some really amazing gymnastic skills just between the walk and the halt. You could walk or, walk and halt around looking like a Grand Prix rider no one has to know you can't do one Tempes yet. <laughs> but if you can master these at this level at the walk, at the halt, at the walk and the trot, every transition you make, it's going to help you in a much different way than wait you don't have to wait to have that kind of sophistication in your riding until you're doing Grand Prix. So I like to teach, like have the same kind of sophistication of timing and quality of riding your aids. You know, now a training level. You know, going across a diagonal and riding um, forward to down transitions and releasing into your up transitions, doing walk to halt to walk to halt to walk to halt. How about walking four strides and halt, walk four strides, halt, walk four strides, halt, keeping those essential abilities of how you ride the transitions. That will help you when you're doing tempi changes later. Why wait to have that kind of sophistication and precision until you're doing tempies. <laughs> right. Practice it at the walk and all. But if you just follow the levels, when you're training level, you're just gonna be doing 20 meter circles and taking half a long side to get a transition done. So when when you could be practicing at the walk at training level, the difference between a corner and a circle. Really riding forward in those transitions. You could do all the lateral positions at the halt way before you can ride them in motion. And I do that with my young horses. We start practicing halting in the position of lateral work so that later when they're ready to actually do a shoulder in or half pass, they're like, oh, this this is a nice relaxing body position. We've done the yoga shoulder in asana. (laughs) All right. So I hope, that just looking at how I created the courses and looking at the, the way I structure the information and the way I teach it, that maybe just that alone can fill in a missing piece. Because that's what I was thinking about when I created it. I thought, what are the missing pieces? How are people, you know, what are the learning sources out there that, that people are reading or watching? And what are they missing? So I hope it, it helps you think about how you're approaching your dressage, um, education or whatever you're doing with your horse. And again, if you want to learn more about these programs or take part of them, just go to dressagenaturally.net, look at the top navigation. There's a, a, one that says programs. And if you click that, you'll, you'll see all of them. So I hope that helps. Uh, yeah, let me know. Shoot me an email uh, and or find me on Facebook in the Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group. It's open to everybody. You just have to ask to join, but we'll let you in as long. And uh, that's a great place to have these discussions. Follow up on the podcast. Ask, ask me any more questions and uh, meet fellow like-minded people. So just search for Dressage Naturally Land and hopefully we'll see you then. All right. Bye.